Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 1. Thank you, my friend. Can I trade you? I'll give you that, and I'll take that. Thank you. There's my buddy right there. Taking care of his pastor. Boy, you got to love that. I love you, buddy. I believe in you. I really do. Wow. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. But for today's time, I'm actually not even going to read the entirety of Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 1. I just need five verses, or five words, excuse me. I just need five words out of here, and here they are. In the beginning, God created. Would you say this out loud all together? In the beginning, God created. One more time, strong. In the beginning, God created. Created. Father, we thank you now for your word. It is powerful. It is alive. And it is in the process of changing us. We pray, Lord, that that assignment that you attach to it, it would be accomplished today. Let it not return to, you avo- return to you void, but may it accomplish that which it was sent to accomplish. We give you praise as we pray this now. In Jesus' name, come on, say amen. In the beginning, God created. Let me ask you a question today. What inspires you? What inspires you? Pastor Moses came to me some months ago, and he said, Pastor Steve, what do you think about the choir recording another CD? Just a thought. Just a little drop in a great big bucket. And I said, I think it would be great. I've been waiting for two years for you to come and ask me what I think. Because I was already ready for the choir to do a new CD. But I had to let the Holy Spirit get Pastor Moses ready. And so Pastor Moses has just been been learning and been growing and been, been doing his thing. And his thing is awesome. His thing is great. No doubt about it. Then the Holy Spirit dropped a little drop, a little seed. He inspired Pastor Moses. What inspires you? One thing for me that brings great inspiration is creation. I don't know if you appreciate fully the place on earth that God has allowed you to live. I mean, folks, I think because we live here and we get used to where we're living and we get used to our surroundings that we forget we live in one of the most amazing places on all of the earth, Southern California. If you don't believe me, let me take you to Terre Haute for two weeks. Terre Haute! Terre Haute, Indiana, that's my home. I love it. I love, I love where I grew up. I, I love the city, town, whatever. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, the village of Terre Haute, right? You'll find out real fast that Southern California is this little utopia uh, of, of a slice of heaven on earth. It's amazing. And so I get inspired when I go to... Huntington Beach, let's say, 
And just watch the sun drop into the ocean. Watch the ocean's waves crash on the shore. Maybe you like the mountains. Maybe that's more your thing. And you've got to get to the mountains every so often so you can be inspired. Anybody ever been snow skiing? Anybody love the mountains? I know, Floyd, you've got to get away. Where do you go? You go to Mammoth? You go to Yosemite? Where do you go? Mammoth? Yeah. Karen and I, years ago, we rented a snowmobile for an entire day, and we, we just snowmobiled through Yellowstone from the morning to the evening. Uh, it, it, I'll never forget it as long as I live. We saw moose on the side. We saw elk. We saw everything. In fact, I was, I was a little bit ahead of Karen and my sister and her husband, and I'm waiting on them. I'm just watching the snow gently fall and, and just watching God's wonderful creation here. And they're hollering at me, but I can't hear them because of, of the, the engine. They're hollering at me because I look back to see what was taking them so long. There was a buffalo charging down the middle of the road right toward me. And I just saw it and I, I just got out of his way. But they're like, they're hollering, get out of the way. Pretty amazing, though. I mean, God's handiwork is something else. Some people love to get to the desert. They love the desert sand. They love the desert heat. People move in droves to get from the Midwest to the Phoenix area, to Arizona somewhere. Maybe that's your thing. But something should bring inspiration to you. Maybe it's even as simple as a puppy. My little Lola had three pups last Sunday, about right now. Three puppies. That gets a little bit inspiring. New life even from a puppy. Any dog lovers out there? Oh, maybe you're a cat lover. Any cat lovers? Oh, we'll pray for you. <laughs> How about this? How about a nice T-bone steak? Anybody get inspired with some food every now and then? I'm telling you, you set a plate of nachos in front of my wife, and she's going to get inspired. Now, I'm telling you right now. She's got T-shirts that say Nacho Day. I love nachos. She likes her nachos, and she can get inspired. Just from, a, just from nachos, just from a T-bone steak, just from a bologna sandwich, maybe. I, food can bring inspiration. Here's one more thing that really does inspire me. I, I can't hardly go uh, two days without pumping some praise and worship into my head, into my ears. I have to listen to music. It's like air for me. I love music. And I'm so thankful today that God gave the gift of music. How many love music and are inspired by music? You can hear something on the song, on the radio. You can put in a CD. You can, you can turn on your iPod, whatever it is, and you get inspired. Mm -hmm. Inspiration is necessary for anything to even exist. Without inspiration, nothing lives, nothing becomes. Inspiration is that initial thought, that first motivation, that drop in the bucket. Our text this morning says that in the beginning God created. Moses is actually credited 
for writing the creation account. And so when he wrote these words, when he wrote in the beginning, he's only speaking of humanity's beginning. He's not speaking of God's beginning because how many understand today that God is eternal? He has no beginning. He has no end. He's always been and He'll always be. God is eternal. So when Moses speaks of in the beginning there in Genesis 1-1, he's not talking about God's beginning, about God's start. He's only talking about humanity's start. Humanity's beginning. So, have you ever thought, have you ever wondered, what is before Genesis 1-1? How many would just be honest and say, I've wondered from time to time what God was doing and what, God was, what, what was going on with God before Genesis 1-1? Anybody ever thought that thought? I've thought that, Gerald, thank you. What is before Genesis 1-1? I, I, I began to think, and I began to study, here's what I found was before Genesis 1-1. There's the outline of Genesis that comes before Genesis 1-1. Okay? There is the list of the books of the Bible that comes before Genesis 1-1. I have a whole page of abbreviations that comes before Genesis 1-1. Then the preface is there before Genesis 1-1. It's followed by in-text maps. Then there is a page of the charts that comes before Genesis 1-1. In my Bible, I then have the truth in action that comes before Genesis 1-1. Followed by the word wealth is what it's entitled here in my Bible. Then before that, there are the kingdom dynamics. And as I keep going left and I keep trying to find what is there that is before Genesis 1-1, I come to some contributors and those who researched and put together my Bible here. All of the contributors are listed. Then I get to the table of contents. Then I get to the introduction page. Then I get to the presentation page. And before long, I find myself at the leather cover. That is what is before Genesis 1-1. But what is still left of Genesis 1-1? What is left of the leather cover? What is out here before God said in the beginning God created? So go with me to the left of Genesis 1-1. Go with me pre-creation. What is there? There is matter that exists. That's it. There's matter. We have no description of it. We have no detail, no written account of how long that matter existed. It's just... We have on one day nothingness becoming something. One day everything turned around. One day everything changed. One day Genesis 1 1 came. And the existing matter actually became something. In the beginning, God created. Let me quiz my Wednesday night Bible study core group that comes day number one. 
What did God create? If you were here in the first service, don't you dare tell the answers to this. Day number one, God created the heavens and the earth. Day number one, heavens and earth, night and day. That's what God created on day number one. Day number two, does anybody know what God created? Don't look in the Bible. This is just a little quiz. I want to see what you know. Do you know what he created on day number two? You can take a guess. What, what do you think he created, huh? The mountains? Actually, he didn't on day number two. Actually, he separated the waters of the heaven and of the earth, and he called that space sky. So day number two was kind of a light day for God, I guess, if you want to call creating sky light. Day number three. You hit it. You just one day early. Day number three, God created the sea and the land, which includes mountains. She said mountains over here. And all the trees and all the plant life. That's day number three. Anybody know what God created on day number four? Somebody said it. I heard it. He created the solar system. The sun, the moon, the stars, and all of the planets, all of the galaxies, and the Milky Way. God did that on day number four. I'd say that's a good day's work right there. Day number five. Anybody want to take a quick guess? The fish. Yes. Day number five, God created the fish and all the creatures in the sea. He created the birds and all of the birds of the air. That's day number five. And on day number six, God created the animals, which include the livestock, the small animals, the wild animals. And speaking of wild animals... He created the humans. How many have known some humans that act like wild animals? Oh, don't raise your Oh, you're pointing even. Can you believe that? Now there is an amazing day of work. What did God create on the seventh day? Somebody tell me what God created on the seventh day. God created absolutely nothing on the seventh day because the Bible tells us on the seventh day, God took a nap. How many plan on taking a nap today? <laughs> it says that God rested from his work on the seventh day. So here we go. All this, all this sudden activity and this, this glut of creation. Day one, two, three, four, five, six. And God went from existing matter and really nothingness in our minds to structure, order. Life. And the cycle repeats. Structure, order, life. Structure, order, life. Why the sudden change? One word. Write it down. Inspiration. Inspiration. God was inspired to change the way things were and start something new. Create something that had never existed before. Inspiration, by the way, is like a spark. A spark that ignites a flame. 
a flame that grows to a blazing and roaring fire. Inspiration is like a seed planted in the ground that, if nurtured, will grow to a healthy plant. It will grow to a, a healthy tree and produce fruit. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to just drop a few thoughts in your heart today. Just as God inspired, was inspired to create and went from nothingness to something, He wants to inspire you today. He wants to drop a drop of inspiration in your mind and in your heart so that you can also go from nothing to something. I want to give you three sources of inspiration. I've listed several at the front of this sermon today. Creation and, and, and the oceans and the mountains. Let me give you three specific sources of inspiration. Number one, God's people. I'm so thankful that I find inspiration from God's people, godly people. And we see this actually throughout the Bible. The Bible is filled with examples of one man finding inspiration in another man, of one woman finding inspiration possibly in another woman. Let me just highlight a few. Joshua found inspiration in Moses. Moses was the one that God called to lead his people out of bondage to deliver the children of Israel out of slavery. And along the way, and in the wilderness wanderings, Joshua is watching Moses. Joshua is observing Moses and how he leads and what he does and how he handles things. Joshua is finding inspiration from his mentor, from his leader, from his friend. Deuteronomy chapter 34 and verse number 9. Now Joshua was the son of Nun, and he was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands on him. So the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. Because he tapped into this mentor and because he found these sources of inspiration in him, not only did the children of Israel listen to Moses, they also listened to Joshua. I think of Elijah and Elisha when I think of inspiration being found in a godly person. Elijah told Elisha three different times, stay here. Now, remember, Elijah is about to be caught up in a whirlwind of fire, a chariot of fire in a whirlwind, and God is about to take him and transport him from earth to heaven. So Elisha's sticking around. He's like, I want to see whatever God's going to do because I've already watched you perform the miracles. I've already heard you proclaim the prophecies of God. Elisha tapped in to the inspiration that was found in Elijah. Elijah told him three times, stay here. But Elisha told Elijah, as surely as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. In other words, he's telling him, I'm not going anywhere. You can't get rid of me that easy. And in 2 Kings 2, verse 9, so it was when they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, ask, what may I do for you? 
before I'm taken away from you. And Elisha asked this. He said, please let a double portion of your spirit, let a double portion of God's anointing come upon me. Why? Because he saw something, a spark, a seed, a drop. Inspiration came from another man, a godly man, into this man. Now, ladies, don't feel neglected. Don't feel left out. I found one woman in the Word of God that also tapped into another woman and she found inspiration for her life. I thought of Ruth and Naomi and there in Ruth chapter 1 verse number 16, but Ruth said to Naomi, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you for wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God shall be my God and where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also if anything but death parts you. This is a woman of God who saw in another woman of God a source of inspiration. I thought of Paul, the great apostle that wrote most of the New Testament that guides us today in the church setting that we have modern day. Paul would speak to the crowds. He would speak to the church as a whole. But he would also hone in on the one. And Paul saw something in Timothy, and Timothy saw something in Paul. Paul took the time to be a mentor to Timothy, but Timothy looked to Paul as a mentor. An inspiration flowed from one godly man to another godly man. And in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, Paul, an apostle of, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of, of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope, to Timothy, a true son in the faith, grace, mercy, peace from God, our Father and Jesus Christ. We look to the Word of God for examples of godly people as sources of inspiration. But we can also look at the world we live in today. You see, ladies and gentlemen, I believe that God will also use the people in our life right now to spark something in us, to bring us inspiration. Today, there are people in your life that God is trying to use to inspire you. Friends are one, godly friends. Perhaps part of the reason you struggle is because of the friends that you have surrounded yourself with. Folks, I believe that we are to have relationships with people who are not serving Jesus. Please, we, how else are we going to lead them to Jesus? But let me tell you something about your, your circle of friends. Be very, very careful who's actually speaking into your life and helping to shape and form and mold your life. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, and it's not for your good as a follower of Christ, it needs to be discarded. Let God put godly friends in your life and in your home and in your comings and goings that will build you up, that you can see light and you can see hope and you can find sources of inspiration. 
God has blessed Karen and I greatly. And we have so many friends right here in this church. And you have no idea how many times God has used you to bring inspiration to my life. Your life and your home and your example may have very well sparked one of the sermons that you've heard over the last seven, eight years. Surround yourself with godly friends. They will bring you inspiration. My parents have brought me inspiration. My mother is now with Jesus, and she's been gone for many, many years now. But I still look back, and I still can tap into sources of inspiration from my mother. My father is still living, and he is a godly man, and I look to him for guidance. I look to him for leadership, and I definitely look to my father for sources of inspiration. Tap into your godly parents and let God give you inspiration through them. I find inspiration through my three sisters. You may find inspiration through your siblings, your brothers, or your sisters. I found inspiration today through pastors, through, through ministers, through evangelists, through missionaries, those who God has raised and called to full-time occupational ministry. I think of so many that have inspired me. One that has inspired me, he is a mentor of mine, but I don't know that he even knows it. Let me, under, let, me, let me explain to you so you'll understand. I have some mentors that I've actually asked, will you mentor me? And they said yes, and they give me full access, all phone numbers. I mean, just I can call them anytime, and I know they will drop everything to pour into me. But then I have some long-distance mentors. Clint Brown is one of them, Pastor Clint Brown. He has just been a source of inspiration to me. I don't know how many times I've mentioned his name to you, probably, Pastor Moses, saying, you know, Clint Brown, uh, his conference and, and his songs and his writing, and it just he has inspired me. Great, great source of inspiration. And he doesn't even know how much he has inspired me. By the way, I want to, as I mention his name, I want to bring a prayer request to you Pastor Clint Brown, they have found a tumor at the base of his, uh, the spine of his brain. And uh, it is not cancerous, but he is at risk of losing vision and speech and stabilization. Somebody say, but God. But God. So just pray for Pastor Clint Brown, if you would. He's undergone uh, several treatments, and they're just waiting for some of the results on that. I found great inspiration and continue to find inspiration every day from my children. Your children can give you that source of inspiration that you need. I'm talking about godly people bringing you inspiration. And I see God in Elliot. I see God in Butler. And I see God in Daisy. And I am so thankful they bring me inspiration. My last source of inspiration from a person is from my best friend. And um, Karen has brought me more inspiration over 23 years of marriage today. Today's our anniversary 23 years ago. We walked an aisle. We pledged ourselves to God and to each other. And you have brought me great inspiration every day of 23 years. And I look forward to 23 plus more should God tarry. And uh, I just, I want you to know how much I love you and I thank you for inspiring me. It's getting hot in here. <laughs> Number two, God's presence brings inspiration. 
I, I want to help you to find some wellsprings of inspiration. Here's a guaranteed source. It's God's presence in Psalm chapter 16 and verse number 11. It says, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Do you know that if you just get into God's presence, the inspiration will come, the direction will come. It says, you will show me the path of light. God's not blocking your, your direction, not trying to just say, well, you figure it out for yourself. God wants to direct us. God wants to guide us and lead us every step of the way. And if we get in his presence, he'll show us the path. He'll guide us and lead us. And when we follow that path, there are just these wellsprings of inspiration all along the way. We get direction in his presence. We get joy in his presence. How many are just thankful for the joy of the Lord? And the Bible says in Nehemiah 8.10 that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. And at your right hand, Lord, there are pleasures forevermore. Do you know that you are more productive and you are more creative and you are more effective when you're happy? You get into the presence of the Lord and you're going to find the pleasure of the Lord. And you're going to be productive. He's going to bring you inspiration. So let me tell you how to get into the presence of the Lord. Praise will get you into the presence of the Lord. That's why I do everything I can every Sunday or every time we get together to encourage you and to exhort you and to extol you. Praise the Lord. No matter what you're facing, praise the Lord. On the good days, praise the Lord. On the bad days, praise the Lord. When the sun shines, praise the Lord. When the rain falls, praise the Lord. In the morning, praise the Lord. In the noonday, praise the Lord. At the midnight hour, praise the Lord. Let everything that's breathing praise the Lord. Because when you praise Him, He comes and He dwells and He inhabits the praises of His people. You want to get into His presence you praise Him. You praise Him in the congregation and you praise Him all by yourself. You praise Him when you wake in the morning. Praise Him throughout your day and praise Him right before you lay your head on your pillow at night. Praise will get you into God's presence. How, how, how do we get into God's presence? We do it through praise. We do it through prayer. Prayer is just talking to God, by the way. You open your mouth and you speak to God and then you close your mouth and you listen to God. Don't listen to me for a minute. Make sure that your prayer isn't a one-way communication. It's not just a one-way street and you get, you get in, into prayer time and you just do all the talking and your lips do all the flapping. It's important that we talk to God, but it's also important that we listen to God. Oh, come on, somebody. Do you believe that we ought to talk to God and listen to God as well? That's prayer. We just communicate. It's like talking to your brother or to your sister. It's like talking to your children. It's like talking to your wife. You want to get into God's presence? Start talking to God and start listening to God. And you, I promise you, will get into His presence. How do we get into God's presence? We do it through praise. We do it through prayer. We do it by getting to God's house. I still believe in gathering together in God's house. I still believe that we ought not forsake the assembling of ourselves together in God's house. You want to know how to get into God's presence? Get involved in God's work. 
someone that's busy about kingdom work, involved in the church and the work of the church, is less apt to complain. That's what I found. Most worker bees are too busy buzzing around to start complaining about how hot it is or how loud it is or how soft it is or how cool it is because they're making honey in the house. Come on, somebody start buzzing around here. I need some worker bees start buzzing and start making some honey in the house. Hallelujah. Seriously, you get involved in God's work and your issues become uh, very manageable. They're not as big as you thought they were because you'll find somebody else's needs that are probably greater than yours. One more source of inspiration as Pastor Moses comes. God's promises. How many have your Bible with you today? Come on, hold it up as high as you possibly can. I don't care if it's the leather-bound edition or if it's on your phone or if it's on a tablet. I want to see everybody that has a Bible just wave it in the air today. Hallelujah. This is the most powerful book that you will ever read. This is the most powerful book that you will ever hold. Hallelujah. I don't care if it's King James or New King James or NIV or the Living Bible or the Message Bible. I'm telling somebody today, if you want to be inspired, get to God's Word. The promises of God will bring you inspiration. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God or the woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Hallelujah. God's word is inspired by God. Inspiration came to men to write something that had never been written. It was over here uh, beyond the Genesis 1-1. It had never been said. It had never been thought. It had never been written. But all at once, because of the inspiration of God, the Word of God began to formulate and began to come together. And it was written and it was bound. And here it is for us today. Hallelujah. And God's inspired Word will bring inspiration to you. I love when I just open up the Bible. And even Donna, something I've read many times, it will just illuminate off the page. It almost levitates off the page. It almost jumps off the page to me. Hallelujah. And God begins to show me something. God begins to, to speak something and reveal something that I'd never seen, I never thought about. That's God's Word. And so, you must actually get into the Word of God if you want the Word of God to get into you. You've got to actually, every day, discipline yourself that you are going to go to the Word of God. You are going to read the Word of God. You are going to study the Word of God. You are going to memorize the Word of God. You are going to stand on the Word of God. You are going to quote the Word of God. You are going to share the Word of God. You are going to meditate on the Word of God. And you are going to delight yourself in the Word of God. How many are thankful for the Word? Word of God today. Let me see your hand. Hallelujah. Think about this. You are one spark away from nothingness. Over here to the left of the leather cover to the left of your personal Genesis 1-1. You are one spark away. You are one seed away from nothingness becoming something. 
inspiration from God. Just as God created something out of nothing, He wants to create something in you and through you that has never been created before. I believe there are thoughts that have never been thought just waiting to be inspired. I believe there are dreams that have yet to be dreamt. God wants them to come true. Ideas to evangelize in these last days. God wants to plant that in you. Nobody else has even thought of this. I believe it could come to you. Songs that have never been written, Pastor Moses. You know, many of the songs that, are, that the, the choir is going to premiere tonight, they were birthed right here in the house. Pastor Moses, Jamie, Claudia, they've written songs that are going to be, I believe, sung all over the place. I believe songs from the nation will be written. Songs for the nations. Why not? One spark of inspiration from the Holy Spirit. Books that have never been written. We had a published author in the house on the 815 service already written four books. I believe it's just the start. And I believe Karen Linnerville will not be the only one. I believe God will raise up writers and authors out of this house. You are one thought away, one meditation away from nothingness to something. Inventions never been invented. Advancements in technology that nobody's thought of. Cures for disease. Hallelujah. All by the inspiration of God. Every head bowed in this room. If you're here today and you would say, Pastor Steve, I desperately want God to inspire that seed, that drop, that spark. And I want him to take my nothingness and create something that has never been created. If you want new inspiration from God, I want you to stand on your feet right now. All over this room, you want new inspiration from God for the new things that have never yet been done, the new thoughts that have not yet been thought, the accomplishments yet to be accomplished, just waiting for that inspiration, one spark of inspiration from God. Now, if you're standing, I just want you to cup up your hands toward heaven. Come on, God's about to fill you right now. God's about to pour out this bit of inspiration that you need. Hallelujah. You're about to go from your nothingness, your existing matter, to something. There's creation coming. Creativity is coming. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Lord, I pray for the men and women and the students who have gathered into this room, Lord, desperate for your, your touch and desperate for your inspiration, Lord, and for that spark of creativity, Lord. And I pray, God, you would pour it into them right now as they surround themselves with godly people and as they discipline themselves to get into your presence every day God and as they discipline themselves God to, to go to your promises and go to your word and study your word Lord let that inspiration come from your voice from your hand from your spirit 
And we give you thanks and we give you praise. Everyone else standing with us, please. What a great day this has been in God's house. Amen, amen, amen. We're so glad that you have come. We want to invite you back tonight. Pastor Moses, take a, uh, another minute and just pour it on. Let, it, let us know. Why do we need to be here on tonight? All right, I'm going to lay it on thick. I'm going to see if I can do this. Ready? All right, we need this place packed out for our recording. All right, choir and the band and all this. I mean, we've been working. They've been here all night just trying to get this place set. And we've been working hard. And I think we are ready to go. The choir and the band, we're ready to go. But all we need, we just need, we need your help now. All right? And so uh, I'm going to ask you if you are able to make it tonight. And if you are able to uh, make it yourselves, please come and be a part of this worship service, of this recording. And also I'm going to ask if you can bring as many people along, if you can fit people in your car, get them in there. And uh, just to be a part of God's presence and being a part of this recording. We can't do a lot of recording without you guys. And um, we are we're going to capture this night. We're just going to capture it on video, on audio. And so we want you to be a part of that. Amen? All right. I'm excited. All right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this awesome day that you've given us. Father, thank you for your inspiration. Father, thank you for birthing new things in us, God, that we can use to further your kingdom, God, to bring people closer to you. Father, we pray that you would continue to birth new things in our hearts and in our spirits, oh God, that we would use our giftings, oh God, even things that have become dormant, God, that you would bring them back to life. So that we can use them to bring glory to you, to point people to you, O oh God. Father, we thank you. I pray, Lord God, that everyone goes home, that they would get a good nap, eat a good lunch. Lord God, a grilled cheese and ramen noodle soup, Lord God. And then they would come back ready to go for tonight. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
helps others understand he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless even youths will become weak and tired